I want to say a special thank you again to John Shields, who has been a consistent supporter of Path of a Green Witch podcast. The statements I make on this podcast are for educational purposes only. My statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Therefore, the statements I make are not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All of the information I share is simply for informational purposes only. You should always consult with a licensed healthcare professional before you start taking a new vitamin, supplement, medicinal herb, or conventional medication. You should also get professional advice before you start a new exercise program or if you suspect that you might have a health problem. Knowledge is power. I hope you use the information I share with you to seek the best care for yourself and the people you love. Thank you for listening. In this episode, I want to share 16 natural remedies for cold and flu or viral respiratory infections. Here's a quick list of the 16 natural remedies. After I give the list, I'm going to talk a little bit more about cold and flu, and then I'm going to go into each remedy and exactly how to use it. Echinacea, elderflowers, boneset, yarrow, ginger, peppermint, horsemint, bee balm tea, thyme, lemon balm, garlic, onions, sage, vinegar, lemon, mustard plaster, and lastly, vaporize it. A simple common cold is basically just a collection of symptoms signaling that you have an infection in your upper respiratory tract, and that includes your nose, throat, and sinuses. There are at least five major categories of viruses that cause colds, and one of these groups, and perhaps the most common, is the rhinoviruses. The rhinoviruses include a minimum of like 100 different viruses. The viruses that cause a cold reproduce in the mucous membranes. The viruses that cause a cold do not penetrate deeper into the body like in the gastrointestinal tract because they cannot survive at the higher body temperatures there. Even though we often say colds and flu in the same breath, influenza is a very different disease from the common cold. The influenza virus takes up residence mainly in the throat and bronchial tract. And remember I said that the viruses that cause the common cold generally infect the nose, throat, and sinuses. So influenza can go a little deeper into the bronchial tract which is into your lungs. If you have the flu, you usually have a fever, and a fever is usually not present when you have a cold. The fever, when you have a flu, usually passes within three days, but the fatigue, muscle aches, and cough that result from the flu can linger for weeks. Influenza will not seriously injure a normal healthy person, but people with pre-existing lung conditions, or elderly people, or people with weakened resistance are usually prone to the flu's deadly effects. Flu is known as the last of the great plagues because it kills so many people worldwide each year. Usually about 20,000 Americans die every year from the flu. And if the flu strain that's circulating happens to be really virulent, which happens periodically, the death toll can rise even higher than that. There was a flu epidemic that happened right after World War I that killed more than 
30 million people around the world. Antibiotics are ineffective against colds and flus. Antibiotic drugs are only good for treating bacterial infections, not viral infections like the cold and flu. Aspirin and other pain-killing drugs are also inappropriate treatments for cold and flu because even though they may provide some temporary relief, they may suppress the immune system and they can actually prolong the infection. And really, major caution here, giving aspirin to children for colds and flus is a big no-no. Do not give aspirin to children for colds and flus. In rare cases, giving aspirin to children can lead to the development of Ray syndrome, which is a serious and often fatal neurological disorder. A lot of times you'll hear folk healers or even people in your family, older people, telling you if you have a cold or a flu, you need to sweat it out, right? So let's talk a little bit about sweating it out. Sweating is essential to cooling the body during a fever. Many traditional remedies use herbs for this purpose. These diaphoretic herbs have constituents that, when eaten, increase the blood circulation to the skin, which causes perspiration and ultimately lowers the fever. It is essential to drink plenty of fluids when you take these herbs, or dehydration could result. So, elder, ginger, yarrow, mint, boneset, pennyroyal, thyme, horse mint, bee balm, lemon balm, catnip, and garlic are all diaphoretic herbs. They're most effective when taken as hot teas, and after drinking the tea, go to bed and sweat it out. Continue to drink plenty of fluids. I think you should be very careful about wrapping yourself up in warm blankets when you already have a fever, and you always want to consult with a licensed medical professional before you try to do anything to treat or cure yourself. Now let's get into the 16 natural remedies for the cold, flu, and other respiratory infections. One is echinacea. Echinacea angustifolia and echinacea purpurea are without a doubt the most commonly used natural remedies for treating colds and flus in the United States. In fact, echinacea is the best-selling medicinal herb in America. Echinacea was used as a remedy by the American Indians of the Great Plains states. The tribes residing in those areas used echinacea for a bunch of different infectious diseases. Eclectic physicians, who were America's herbalists, adopted the use of echinacea in the mid-1880s, and by 1920, echinacea was the remedy they prescribed the most. The use of echinacea spread to Germany in the 1930s, where it remains an approved medicine today, and it's used to treat colds, flu, and other conditions related to underlying deficiencies of the immune system. Echinacea is also famous in the contemporary medical herbalism of Britain, Australia, and North America for its ability to abort a cold or flu. German clinical trials show that echinacea taken preventively during cold and flu season can reduce the frequency and severity of a viral infection. In fact, if echinacea is taken at the first onset of symptoms, the cold may never develop at all. Once a cold has set in, however, the other remedies that I'm going to go over may be more beneficial than echinacea. But here are the directions on how to use this natural remedy. So you want to purchase a tincture of echinacea at like a health food store, herb shop, or drugstore, and at your first sign of a cold or flu, take one teaspoon of the echinacea tincture every hour for three hours. And if the infection persists, then take one dropper full every three hours after that. 
Remedy number two, elderflowers. Elderberry comprises about 13 species of deciduous shrubs native to North America and Europe. European settlers brought elderberry plants with them to the American colonies. The Paiute and Shoshone Indians in the Rocky Mountain region used the leaves and flowers of North American species of elderberry to treat colds, flu, and fevers. A tea made of elderberry flowers is approved by the German government government as a medicine for colds, especially if a cough is present. The flower tea is also used to treat colds and flu in the natural medicine of contemporary Indiana. The Michigan Amish use the tea as well. Recent research in Israel and Panama has shown that elderberry juice stimulates the immune system and also directly inhibits the influenza virus. Constituents in the plant's flowers and berries seem to have immunosuppressant properties that help inactivate the influenza virus, halting its spread. Elderberry has been shown to be effective against eight different strains of the flu virus. Drinking too much elderberry tea, more than indicated in the directions, can leave you feeling nauseous, and because of a documented diuretic effect, prolonged use may result in hypokalemia, which is potassium loss. So avoid the use of elder during pregnancy or when you're breastfeeding. Here are the directions on how to use elderflowers. Place one half ounce of elderberry flowers in a one quart canning jar and fill the jar with boiling water. Cover the jar and let the elderberry flowers steep for 20 minutes in the hot water. Strain and pour a cup of the tea. You can sweeten it with honey if you like. Take one cup once every four hours when you have a cold or flu. Natural remedy number three, bone set. The herb bone set or Eupatorium perfoliatum got its name during an influenza epidemic in Pennsylvania in the 1700s. The flu was called breakbone fever. The word breakbone referred to the muscle aches and pains that accompanied the virus. Taking the herb, however, proved to set the bones and relieve the aches. The colonists learned the use of the plant from the Cherokee and Iroquois Indians and other Eastern American Indian tribes. The use of bone set for treating colds and flu spread to Europe. Today, some German medical schools continue to study its use. Bone set is frequently prescribed in Germany for treating acute viral infections for which antibiotic drugs are not effective. The herb also continues to be used today in the natural medicine traditions of Indiana and southern Illinois. Constituents have been identified in bone set that are both immune-stimulating and anti-inflammatory. Do not overdo it with bone set though because it can induce vomiting if it's taken in large quantities. It was actually used for that purpose in the 18th and 19th centuries. Bone set is also known to have constituents that are allergenic. Bone set should be avoided during pregnancy and when you're breastfeeding. So here's how to use bone set. Place one teaspoon of dried bone set leaves in a cup and fill the cup with boiling water. Let the leaves steep for about 15 minutes. Strain and drink the tea while it's warm. 
Don't drink more than one cup every four hours and no more than three cups a day. If you begin to feel nauseous, stop. Natural remedy number four, yarrow. The ancient Greeks used yarrow or Achillea millifolium as a remedy for colds, flu, and fever. At least 18 American Indian tribes from all corners of North America used yarrow for the same purpose. The early colonists throughout North America used yarrow as a household medicine for a wide variety of ailments, usually conditions that were infectious or inflammatory in nature. The use of yarrow tea for colds and flus survives today in the medicine of North Carolina, Indiana, and upstate New York. Yarrow has documented anti-inflammatory, antispasmodic, diuretic, mild sedative, and moderate antibacterial activities. Here are the directions for how to use yarrow. Place one ounce of dried or fresh yarrow in a one-quart canning jar. Fill the jar with boiling water and cover tightly. Let it steep for 20 minutes. Strain the tea and sweeten it with honey if you like. Take three cups a day and rest in bed after each cup. Natural remedy number five, ginger. Ginger tea is a cold remedy mentioned in the literature of New England, Appalachia, North Carolina, Indiana, and even China. Ginger induces sweating, which helps to cool the body during fever. Ginger contains 12 different aromatic anti-inflammatory compounds, including some with aspirin-like effects. Its other proven actions result from its anti-nauseant and anti-vertigo properties. Ginger also has carminative or gas-relieving, diaphoretic or sweat-inducing, and antispasmodic properties. Here are the directions. Cut a fresh ginger root about the size of your thumb into thin slices. Place the slices in one quart of water. Bring to a boil. Cover the pot and simmer on the lowest possible heat for 30 minutes. Let it cool for 30 minutes more and then strain and drink one-half to one cup three to five times a day. You can sweeten it with honey if you like. Natural remedy number six, peppermint. Peppermint, or mentha piperita, is a natural remedy used in Indiana to treat colds. Cornmint, or mentha arvensis, is a close relative of the plant and it's used in China for the same purpose. Both plants, mentha arvensis and mentha piperita, when taken as a hot tea, induce sweating and help to cool a fever. Also, the essential oils in the plants, including menthol, act as decongestants when drunk as a tea or inhaled. Peppermint also has antispasmodic and carminative properties. Remember, carminative properties are gas-relieving properties? Here are the directions on how to make the tea. Place one half ounce of peppermint leaves in a one-quart jar. Fill the jar with boiling water and cover it tightly. Let it steep for 20 minutes. Strain the liquid and drink two or three cups a day. Natural remedy number seven, horse mint bee balm tea. Two closely related species, horse mint, monarda punctata, and bee balm, monarda menthifolia, and monarda didyma, are used in natural medicine similarly to the way thyme is used. Horse mint is native to the eastern United States and bee balm is native to the Rocky Mountains. Both plants, just like thyme, contain high amounts of the constituent thymol, which acts as an expectorant, 
and antiseptic. An expectorant helps you to move mucus from your lungs when you're coughing. It basically makes the cough more productive. Both plants also induce sweating and can help cool a fever. So here are the directions on how to make horse mint bee balm tea. Put one teaspoon of dried leaves of either plant in a cup and fill with boiling water. Let steep for five minutes while inhaling the fumes through both the nose and mouth. Strain the tea and sweeten it with honey and sip it slowly. Do this three to five times a day. Natural remedy number eight, thyme. Thyme tea or thymus vulgaris is recommended as a treatment for cold or flu in the natural medicine of Indiana and China. Thyme taken in the form of a hot tea also induces sweating and helps to cool a fever. In addition, its constituent oil, thymol, is a powerful expectorant and antiseptic. The constituent readily disperses in a steam of hot tea. Inhaling the tea may effectively spread the thymol throughout the mucous membranes of the upper respiratory tract and bronchial tree. Thus, thymol may help inhibit bacteria, viruses, or fungi from infecting the membranes. Thyme also has mild analgesic and antipyretic or fever-reducing properties. So this remedy is from Indiana, and it suggests that you sip the tea slowly while inhaling its fragrance. In China, the same method is used as a preventive for when colds or flus are going around. So here are the directions. Put one teaspoon of dried thyme leaves in a cup and fill with boiling water. Let steep for five minutes while inhaling the fumes through both your nose and mouth. Then strain the tea, sweeten it with honey, and sip it slowly. Natural remedy number nine, lemon balm. Several Indiana residents responding to a poll of natural remedies in the 1980s recommended lemon balm or Melissa officinalis tea for cold and flu. The plant, which is native to southern Europe and northern Africa, now grows throughout North America as well. Lemon balm has long been used as a relaxing and sweat-inducing herb. The 12th century German mystic and healer Hildegard von Bingen stated, lemon balm contains within it the virtues of a dozen other plants. Lemon balm is approved today by the German government as a medicine for digestive complaints and sleeping disorders, though it is not recommended specifically for colds or flu. Its aromatic oils contain antiviral compounds that may help disinfect the mucous membranes. Of all the sweat-inducing herbs that I will mention in this episode, lemon balm is probably the mildest. Lemon balm is also a mild sedative and can help relax a restless patient suffering from cold or flu. Here are the directions for how to use lemon balm. You just need to place a teaspoon of dried lemon balm in a cup and fill it with boiling water. Let it steep for 10 minutes while you inhale the steam from the cup. Strain and drink up to four cups a day. Sweeten with honey if you like. Natural remedy number 10, garlic. Garlic has been used for colds, bronchial problems, and fevers in cultures throughout the world since the dawn of written medical history. Even the ancient Egyptians used it to treat cough and fever. Garlic's constituents are antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Garlic also stimulates the immune system, increasing the body's resistance to invaders. In addition, garlic is an expectorant and induces sweating, helping to reduce fever. Garlic can also lower cholesterol and thin the blood. But caution, when garlic is taken in high doses, it can irritate the stomach. 
Here are the directions for how to use garlic as a natural remedy. Blend three cloves of garlic in a blender with a little bit of water. The clove has to be cut or crushed in order to release its constituents. If you want, you can add half a lemon with the skin and everything to the garlic. Put the contents in a cup and fill the cup with boiling water. Let it steep for five minutes, inhaling the fragrance. Strain it and add honey and drink the entire cup in sips. Do this two to three times a day while you have a cold or flu or once a day to prevent infection during epidemics. Another way to do it would be to peel and chop three whole garlic bulbs and soak them in one pint of wine, either red or white, whatever you prefer, and keep it in a closed container for a month. Shake the jar once a day, then strain it and take one tablespoon of the wine each day as a preventive measure. Natural remedy number 11. Onions. Onions are used to treat colds in virtually every folk tradition in North America. Whether they're eaten raw, roasted, or boiled, taken in the form of teas, milk, or wine, worn in a sock or in a bag around the neck, or applied to the chest as a poultice. Wild onions have been used for the same purpose by American Indian tribes in every region of the country. The constituents in onions, you know, the same ones that cause onions' volatile vapors to burn your eyes, are anti microbial. Onions also have expectorant qualities which induce the flow of healthy cleansing mucus. Onions induce sweating as well which helps to cool a fever. So here are the directions on how to use onions. Cut up one whole large onion and simmer it in a covered pot for 20 minutes. Strain it if you like to remove the pulp. Drink a cup of the tea three or four times daily when you have a cold or flu. Alternatively, you could try chewing on raw onions but don't swallow swallow until the onions are thoroughly chewed. Chewing too many raw onions can cause your stomach to become irritated, so be careful with that one. To make an onion poultice for chest colds, just slice three large onions, discarding the outer paper-like skin, cover them with water, and simmer for 20 minutes. Strain it, and then layer the cooked onions between two cloths, and apply it to your chest for 20 to 30 minutes. Natural remedy number 12, sage. Some residents of New England, North Carolina, and Indiana recommend hot sage tea to break up a cold. Sage, or salvia officinalis, contains volatile oils which have been shown to kill viruses in laboratory studies. It specifically kills the rhinovirus, which is the virus that is most often responsible for causing colds. Also, because of sage's astringent qualities, it traditionally was used to treat sore throats. So if you're suffering a sore throat with your cold, hot sage tea may be just the remedy for you. Other documented properties of sage include mild hypotensive effects, anti-inflammatory properties, and analgesic and anti-convulsant effects. Here are the directions for how to use sage. Place one teaspoon of sage in a cup and fill the cup with boiling water. Cover it and let it steep for 10 minutes. Strain the tea and add a little lemon and honey and then drink it. You can repeat this three or four times a day for as long as you have a cold. Natural remedy number 13, vinegar. A cold remedy from Indiana calls for inhaling the fumes of vinegar. This remedy is as old as ancient Greece. 
The Greek physician Hippocrates recommended the treatment for coughs and respiratory infections. Vinegar is a weak acid, so inhaling its fumes changes the acidity of the mucous membranes in the upper respiratory tract, making the membranes inhospitable to viruses. Due to its acidic nature, avoid splashing vinegar into your eyes or onto any cuts. So here's what you do. In a jar, pour half a cup of boiling water over half a cup of vinegar. Gently inhale the steam, but be careful not to burn yourself. If your water is really, really hot, maybe let it cool for just a bit. Actually, the best way to inhale the vapors, like say you want to smell your food or you want to inhale the vapors from one of these natural remedies. In my high school chemistry class, my teacher said you want to waft it into your face. You don't ever want to just put your nose over it. Obviously, if it's a boiling pot of something, you wouldn't put your nose over it because steam is hotter than boiling water. So you want to be very careful with that. Try wafting it to you with your hand, you know, and breathe that in. Natural remedy number 14, lemon. The contemporary natural remedies of New England and Indiana call for drinking hot lemonade during a cold or flu. This practice is at least as old as the ancient Romans. Lemon juice, just like vinegar, is acidic. Drinking it helps to acidify the mucous membranes, making the membranes inhospitable to bacteria or viruses. Lemon oil, which gives the juice its fragrance, is like a pharmacy in itself. It contains antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, and anti-inflammatory constituents. Five of the constituents are specifically active against the influenza virus. Lemon oil is also an expectorant, increasing the flow of healthy mucus. And lemon is very tasty. Its flavor is used to promote compliance in taking cold and flu products. Here's how to use it. Place one chopped whole lemon, skin, pulp, and all in a pot and add one cup of boiling water. While letting the mixture steep for five minutes, inhale the fumes. Then strain it and drink it. Do this at the onset of a cold and repeat it three to four times a day for the duration of the cold. Natural remedy number 15, mustard plaster. The mustard plaster has been used medicinally in Europe at least since the time of the ancient Romans. The contemporary Amish still recommend it for treating chest colds and bronchitis. It works mainly by increasing circulation, perspiration, and heat in the afflicted area. In addition, when its irritant, antimicrobial, and anti-inflammatory volatile substances are inhaled, mustard may also have a medicinal effect on the mucous membranes of the upper respiratory tract. The active principle is allylisothiocyanate, which is also present in horseradish and watercress. So here's how to make a mustard plaster. Mix half a cup of mustard with one cup of flour. Stir warm water into the mustard and flour mixture until a paste is formed. This allows for the active principle to be released. Spread the mixture on a piece of cotton or muslin that has been soaked in hot water. Cover with a second piece of dry material. Lay the moist side of the poultice across the person's chest or back. Leave the poultice on for 15 to 30 minutes. Remove promptly if the person experiences any discomfort. Be careful not to blister or burn the skin. You may want to lift the cloth every five minutes or so to see how red it is. 
Natural remedy number 16. Vaporize it. The contemporary Amish suggest using a vaporizer and adding essential oils to the water, such as pine, cedar, or mint. Many of the aromatic constituents of these plants have antimicrobial properties. If you can smell the aroma, then at least a small amount of the constituent has reached your mucous membranes and may assist in killing viruses there. Peppermint oil also contains menthol, which acts as a decongestant. Be careful though because excessive inhalation of peppermint oil can be hazardous. Here's how to do it. Add a few drops of essential oils to the water of a commercial vaporizer. If you've purchased concentrated essential oils, be sure to dilute them with at least five parts of a carrier oil, such as almond oil, before adding them to the water. Place the vaporizer next to the sickbed and keep it running around the clock. That was 16 natural remedies for cold, flu, and other viral respiratory infections. I got that information from a book called Natural Remedies. Natural Remedies takes an informative and practical look at Mother Nature's medicine cabinet. You can learn the history of many natural remedies and discover why they are still important in healing today. I really like this book because it gives you directions for making the remedies, including the mustard plaster, which I told you about, other tonics, poultices, teas, and tinctures, and I was able to pick this book up for only $10, so I'm going to include the ISBN, and you should check it out, but there are more natural remedies that I'm going to be sharing from this book in future episodes, so look out for those, and thank you so much for listening. If you're getting value from my podcast and you want to support future episodes, just click the support button on my Anchor podcast page or go to anchor.fm slash Andrea 9559 slash support. You can be a valued supporter of Path of a Green Rich podcast for as little as 99 cents per month. Just go to A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, like FM radio, slash A-N-D-R-E-A 9559 slash S-U-P-P-O-R-T. That's anchor.fm slash Andrea 9559 slash support. Every contribution helps. Thank you so much for listening. <music>